Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Morning Muse Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra, if you're new here, and welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited about this week's episode because, one, it is the 1st of February, and we're starting off the new month with a guest episode, which I'm very, very happy and very, very excited for. So today's guest episode is with the wonderful Jen Lauren, who is the host of her own podcast called Dare to Self-Care. She is a health and wellness and lifestyle content creator over on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And we just talk about all things self-care and just redefining what self-care is and figuring out how to take care of yourself and take these moments in your day to do some self-care. So yeah, that's what we got going on for the episode today. I'm not going to do a life update. I'll do that for you guys next week because I want to get straight into today's wonderful episode with Jen. So let's get into today's episode. Hi, Jen. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm honored. Of course. Uh, Now, Jen, tell my audience a little bit about yourself and who you are, what you do. Okay. Well, I'm known as Jen Lauren on the interwebs, I guess. That is my YouTube channel name. You can find me there on Instagram as well. I have a YouTube channel. It's self-care, health, wellness content, also a lot of New York City content. Um, I was intending on doing a bunch of travel content, but then, you know, pandemic stuff. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's really like health and wellness lifestyle, New York city. And then the podcast is where I sort of bring people into the conversation. It's called dare to self-care podcast. So my podcast is where I like to bring other people into the conversation, wellness experts, entrepreneurs, where we can really dive into mental health and just real talk. Um, so yeah, podcasts, YouTube, and then I also do PR for the class. I do some freelance editing. I do a whole bunch of stuff in the field. That's amazing. First of all, how did you get into the wellness industry? That's a good question. So what, what I was really doing for a while was entertainment industry. I think I've, I've channeled it in a different way since then, but for a while I was doing entertainment PR So I was working for celebrities, like being their publicist and music and just, it was really toxic. And what really got me through that period was going to my workout classes almost every day. Like it was just, it was just my hobby and it still is. My hobby is to try out different classes or find my favorite class and go multiple times a week and just be off my phone and zone out. So that's really where it started. So for me, going back even a little bit, I had always, you know, mental health, addiction, depression, these were always things that were conversations in my family. It was always present in my family. And it it stems even further from before that time in terms of knowing that taking is important and and just like having my eyes open to mental health struggles and being full for my health and wanting to take care of myself. So between all of that, eventually I realized I did not want to be in entertainment anymore. And so my next pivot was, well, while all my coworkers are reading Billboard and all these music magazines, Rolling Stone, I was the one like reading Mind, Body, Green and Goop. And like, that's really where my personal passions lied. So Mm -hmm. from there, that's why I pivoted to a lifestyle PR agency where I could work on clients that were more health and wellness based. Um, And then it just aligned with my content as well, because at the same time I was starting to do workout class reviews in New York city on YouTube. So it really all just 
organically came about. And now I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful to be able to be touching health and wellness in so many different facets, but still in a fun way and adding that entertainment component too, when it comes to my hosting roles. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Now, when did, like, when did you first get into like social media and starting your YouTube channel? Yeah. So going way back, I was into acting and singing. Like I was a little theater kid. And then I pivoted in high school. I was like, just really focused on social life. And that's when I decided to take a step back to once I was in high school and I started, you know, really focusing more on my social life was (laughs) when I also realized, oh, like, why don't we still do entertainment and still do show business, but like on the opposite side and on the business side, because I felt that pressure just from society in general, like in order to make money and in order to have a real career. And since I wasn't acting anymore, like let's get into the business side. And I thought that that was like perfect for me. And then while I was in college, I want to say like senior year, I started getting really into Lauren Elizabeth and I just Mm -hmm. loved how, just as the viewer, I loved how she spoke so openly about anxiety, about mental health, but it still was so entertaining. And I just couldn't help but think about the fact that she started her channel in middle school. And I was like, not only I can't even believe or imagine myself doing that because in middle school, I would have gotten made fun of so hard. And I just couldn't believe she actually did that. But I also Mm -hmm. wanted to be someone who could inspire someone else around that age. And like, someone else in middle school that was struggling with things I was struggling with in my family that other people in school didn't really get. So it just inspired me to take that, you know, I I was starting to get curious about like, should I go back to acting class? Like, I don't really love acting, but I'm just tempted to get back into that creative space. And I think it just opened my eyes to what I could do on YouTube. So then I just started obsessively looking into how to become a YouTuber and like mm-hmm. all of those types of podcasts for literally a year and a half until I finally graduated. And I was like, now's the time. So I asked for a camera after college for graduation and I mm-hmm. started and, you know, my first few videos will never see the light of day, but <laughs> my next one did. And it was, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm never going to private it. Um, So that was two years ago. And then about a exactly a year ago in January, I started the podcast because I just had always thought, I don't know, Instagram's not for me, like sharing pictures, posing, that's Mm -hmm. not for me. What I love about YouTube is that the more you're authentically yourself, the better you're going to do. And I do feel like a podcast is the same sort of thing. I'm, I'm very, I'm a talker for sure. I'm not really like a picturesque person. I'm more like, I just want to talk and host. Yeah. Yeah. So I just found an organic way to start one. I came up with an idea. And honestly, my friend, Natalie Barbu, who was helping me with my channel. Yeah, she was helping me with my channel with consultations at that time. And she really pushed me to just start it. And I'm so happy I did because it's almost been growing more than my YouTube has in double the time. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I've been loving it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I remember when you posted on your on your podcast Instagram when you when you first started I still remember seeing that folk that post come up onto my feed that you were starting a podcast I was like oh my goodness yeah yeah I love that I love that yeah yeah and what made you 
want to name it Dare to Self-Care and talk about self-care content over on there. Well, what's interesting actually when you say that is for a while during the pandemic, I was brainstorming mm-hmm. blog names. I had this idea that like I needed to start a blog. I know it's not a thing, but like, mm-hmm. like I just said, Instagram isn't it. And like, I just... I needed something else to do. And I was thinking blog for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I could not for the life of me come up with a name. I had Google docs. I did every worksheet you could possibly think of. And it just never happened. And I think everything happens for a reason. Cause then when I became, or when I came up with the idea to start a podcast, I was like, all right, back to the drawing board. Like this is never going to happen because I can't think of a name. (laughs) And then it came to me because I, I was doing a bunch of exercises and one of them was like, write down your favorite quotes and then write down like key terms in your niche and whatever. And my favorite quote, it always starts with dare to. So it's always like, Mm -hmm. um, dare to be different or something like that. Like those are my favorite quotes Dare to be different, always motivates me to do things that are outside of my comfort zone like posting a YouTube video like dare to be different Mm -hmm. so from that I combined that with I just noticed that it worked with a keyword of mine which is self-care and I was like wait is this cheesy or is this good (laughs) and I sent Uh it around to friends who are like cool and not cheesy and I was like you tell me and they liked it and I still think it's like a little bit cheesy like we definitely my boyfriend and I make fun of it but like at mm-hmm. the end of the day I think it works and the only other thing I could do is like Jen Lauren's podcast and that yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's it so yeah I yeah. think it's cute <laughs> that's awesome and you know what's so funny I don't know what it is about podcast names but they're so hard to come up with and I don't know I why know. but it's like they're so hard like when I created like my name I was like what about the morning muse? It just came to me off of a whim. I'm thinking of changing it in the new year. I don't know. Cause oh, I feel like that's your intuition. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know. I feel like the name of this podcast doesn't align with where it's going right now. I feel like there's something needs to, it just needs to be different than what it is. Like the stuff that I'm creating isn't I don't know. It's very strange. I don't know what I'm so, going to go towards, but it's, it sounds like you really work off your intuition and the name yeah. came intuitively and now intuitively you're like, this ain't it. So yeah. I would just journal on like, how do you want this podcast to make someone feel? What are the mm-hmm. main topics that you are going to talk about? What mm-hmm. kind of person do you want to attract? And just like, look at all the keywords and mm-hmm. something will again, pop up from your intuition for sure. What do you believe is your overall purpose in your life and why do you do what you do? Wow, getting deep. I like that question. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think that my purpose, I think it's ever evolving. And I think right now what drives me and what my mission is and what my message is, is allowing people to see that you need to or allowing them to see how to take care of yourself first. Take care of yourself first and it's not going to look the same for everyone. And that's what drives me. Like when I hear people or friends or whoever say they don't like working out, I'm like, oh my God, here's, here's a workout class. I think you would like, like, I'm so Mm -hmm. into just finding things for people. Like, do you like writing? Oh my God, you have to do this specific journaling technique. Like journaling doesn't look the same for everyone. And oh my God, you don't like talk therapy. Maybe you should try CBT. I learned about this. Like I'm very into 
broadening people's perspectives on how to take care of yourself in a more fun and lighthearted way so that you can feel happier, you can feel more fulfilled and you can have stronger relationships because you don't rely on anyone else for your happiness. And if you want other people to, if you're similar to me, like I can be a people pleaser. I can want people to need me, me but too. it can also allow, yeah. And I, a lot of us do. And it's like, it can make you forget about yourself along the way. And then mm-hmm. I think a huge thing I realized during the pandemic was, wow, all these people need me, I feel like. And I actually can't be there right now because I can't, I feel like I'm forcing this positive energy and it's not true to me. Mm-hmm. So I got to work mm-hmm. on myself. So sometimes you almost have to hit like a rock bottom where you're like, I'll try anything. And that's when I tried meditation and whatnot. But there are so many different kinds of meditation. So when people come on my podcast and they're like, my self-care tip is meditation. I'm like, what kind? And it's like always something different. So Mm -hmm. I just, what drives me is to drive that point home. Like you will find something that works for you. You just need to keep trying because of the overall message that is like, you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. And I know it feels hard right now or you feel unhappy in life, but if you can do the work because self-care can be a lot of work, honestly, yeah, on the other side is so beautiful. And that's not to say I don't have hard days. I have hard days. I feel like every other week is different. I always say to my therapist, I'm like, I'm having a good week. So I'm kind of scared to talk to you next week. Like (laughs) what's going to come next week? Cause I feel like I'm on an every other week, but Mm -hmm. that's life. And I think I feel more prepared than people who maybe don't focus on taking care of themselves for something really terrible to come my way because I know that that's life and terrible things are going to happen. But I feel like I have a toolbox of healthy tools to grab from when I'm in distress or trauma or whatever it is because Mm -hmm. I have tried so many things and I'm open to so many things. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And how do you practice self-care in your life? So similarly to you, I work off intuition. I don't have the same exact morning routine I do every day. Although I think a morning routine is important in terms of like having time for myself in the morning to ease into my day. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important not to be like sitting on your phone in bed, but I don't, I don't have something that I do every single morning because I don't have a clock in time at the same job every day where I need to have like the same setup every morning. So Mm -hmm. It really depends what I'm feeling that day, that week, but some consistent self-care practices that I do are one that I fall on and off of, but I'm always guided back to, which is Kundalini meditation. So I found Evolved by Erica on Instagram during the pandemic through a friend and Kundalini is a very spiritual, very woo-woo, like from the outside, (laughs) it looks a little cuckoo, but she is just so approachable and relatable. Like she's like you and me, like just so normal. Uh Not to say you're not normal if you do it the other way, but she's so not traditional with it and very modern. And Mm -hmm. it really spoke to me. And I felt a physical shift, like the calm apps, the headspace app, sitting in silence. I'm not, I think that it's a muscle that you need to build. And I'm not going to say I'm bad at it by any means. Like, I don't believe in that. But mm-hmm. what spoke to me and physically changed me more was breath work. So I did Wim Hof breath work for a while. And then what I found with Kundalini is you get breath work, manifestation, meditation, all of it in one. Mm-hmm. So 
that's what really guides me to it. Cause I'm a very like efficient person and I feel like I'm getting it all in, in one. So I really love her Kundalini work. And then if I'm feeling just like too in my head and stir crazy and like overwhelmed, I love mm-hmm. to just go for a walk, put my phone in my pocket and listen to a podcast, whether I want to feel inspired by like an entrepreneurship podcast or just a laugh and like forget about everything and listen to an entertaining one, just going for a walk and listening to a podcast is another thing that I love. And also another pro tip, I have turned cooking at the end of the day, mm-hmm. dinner into my initial mindset for so long when I worked nine to five in person was, oh my God, I'm so tired. That sounds brutal. I don't want to do that. Where now I think since the pandemic, I've grown an appreciation for like the mindfulness of the activity. Like I'm not looking at a phone. I now live with my boyfriend. So we're doing it together and we're not on the phone and we're not on a screen. And I've just learned to make cooking feel almost like a self-care activity because you're, you're unplugged, honestly. Uh Uh Now I have a question in your mornings. Mm -hmm. Well, two questions. What time do you wake up in the morning and what is your go-to drink to have in the morning? I like that. Okay. So my, what it used to be before I lived with my boyfriend was 7, 15, 7, 30. Mm-hmm. Now that I live with my boyfriend and he goes to an office and goes to the gym before he wakes up at like 6, 20. So now it's more like a 6, 45 or 6, 45, 7. As yeah, it's it's always around six forty five seven. But mm-hmm. I work one to two morning shifts at Rumble Boxing a week. So on those days, I wake up at five thirty. But that's not I don't I don't even get a morning routine in. I'm like out the door by six. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a normal morning, six forty five seven, and then my drink every morning is just coffee with oat milk. I use my Nespresso machine and I froth the oat milk and put cinnamon in, but if I'm going out for coffee, Uh yeah, if I'm going out for coffee, I get cold brew with oat milk. Nice. Let me, let me tell you guys, whoever (laughs) is listening to this, you guys don't put cinnamon in your coffee and froth it Mm -hmm. with your milk. You need to, because it is so good. I've done that so many times. Oh my God. It's my favorite way to drink my coffee. I know so it feels like you're in a cafe. It feels yeah. like the fall vibes. It's, it's so easy and so yummy. Yeah. I honestly like it better than putting pumpkin pie spice in my coffee. Me too. I, I, I don't know both. why. No, I agree. I think you need to be having like a full on pumpkin spice latte. The dash of it just like doesn't taste right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your habits that you feel like you would be incomplete without? Hmm. Incomplete without. Now it's, hmm, that's a good question. Honestly, working out, I don't every single day. I try to work out five times a week. Mm-hmm. This week, it has not been five times a week. I was hungover all weekend. Then I got my booster shot. So, but I don't feel right because of it. Like I don't feel as energized. I don't feel yeah. as happy. I don't feel myself. And it is like a chemical thing too. It's not just like a mental thing. It's my body feels different when I'm working out. So one habit that I could not live without is my workout classes. Cause even working out at home, it just, it doesn't hit the same. Mm-mm. I will never feel as inspired or go as hard in a workout or push myself as hard as I do than in my workout classes. And I just find the instructors so inspiring. And then 
I'm trying to think of another habit. No, I'll just go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, how have, how are you practicing self-care now that you've moved in with your boyfriend? Is it harder for you to implement those self-care uh, habits now or is it a little bit easier? It is so interesting that this has been such a common question. I posted a Q&A on my Instagram and I got that question twice. Uh-huh. I think for us, we have been together for 10 years and we're wow. very, yeah. And we're very independent people, which I think you got, you got to either both be clingy and dependent, <laughs> or you got to both be independent or it's not going to work. Uh-huh. And we both really value independence. So even before we moved in together, it was like a running joke about we need a bedroom door. Like we didn't want to move into a studio apartment. Cause we were like, I need to be able to shut the door and pretend I live alone. And it was like a funny thing because we don't get offended by it because like we want what's best for each other. We get each other and we know and trust how much each other loves the other one because we've Uh been together for so long. So honestly, I luckily feel completely able to say, oh my God, I need to be alone and go read or something. And he'll be like, yeah, go. So I'm very, I, I'm all about open communication. And uh-huh. if he's like, I, like before, there's been times where he's like, I'm going to dinner with a friend. Do you want to come? You should come. And I'm like, honestly, I kind of want to have the apartment to myself and watch housewives. And like, he gets it. So yeah. honestly, the biggest thing there with like how to still practice self-care is open communication. It can also be super tempting to just hang out with your significant other, like in the mornings, he wakes up earlier than me and gets his meditation in while I'm still like waking up. So then when he's fully up and drinking his coffee and I'm like wanting to go do Kundalini, I'm very tempted to instead hang out with him until he leaves for work in 20 minutes, which a lot of the times I'll do. Mm-hmm. But he does the five minute journal in the morning. So I'm like, something I started doing is I'll do my five minute journal with him and then he'll leave. I'll do my meditation and then I'll do my coffee. So it sucks that like there's temptation and there's another person involved in your routine. And I think that's what it comes down to essentially, but you got to hold each other accountable. He'll say like, you haven't meditated in weeks. Why don't you go meditate? Or Mm -hmm. I'll say I'm been, have been too social. I'm freaking out. I like feel like I need alone time and has nothing to do with him. And he'll say, go in the other room. Also, we don't like the same TV other than like curb your enthusiasm. So we love going in separate rooms. He watches like Outlander in here and mm-hmm. I go in the bedroom and watch Love Island and it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that he also likes his alone time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, um, how has self-care benefited you in your life? I think it's basically what I touched on earlier in terms of I've been able to be a better friend, a better girlfriend, a better daughter, which is sometimes hard because, you know, going home back with the parents, you get triggered, you get no matter how amazing they are, like it just reminds you of high school and it's just, it's harder for me to keep my composure, but that's why like when I go home for the holidays and don't get me wrong, I love my family so much, but like when I go home for the holidays, I get anxious And I scheduled a workout class like a week in advance over Thanksgiving because I was like, I know it's going to be booked up and I need to make sure I get out of the house and get into my workout class. So honestly, it's just about looking out for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think what's changed in that is like, I feel like I have my own back and I feel fully supported at all times by myself. I don't really need anyone else, even though 
everyone else, having everyone else just makes me able to be extra grateful and express Mm -hmm. gratitude more. It's hard to express because it's almost like the more you take care of yourself and lean into that, you almost become a little more spiritual too. And (laughs) I, that's definitely happened for me through Kundalini and I've just become, I still get stressed. I still get overwhelmed, but I, again, I feel like I have those healthy tools yeah. And I feel like I don't have to look to anyone or anything else for support, even, mm-hmm. even though obviously quality time and having a support system is so important, but I just mm-hmm. feel like I am able to navigate murky waters way better now that I'm practicing self-care and prioritizing it. What's the hardest part about realizing that self-care is important? I think the hardest part is prioritizing yourself. I think if you're a people pleaser, if you're a caretaker, you just want to make sure that everyone else is okay. And it's also self-care can be hard. It's not just a face mask. It's not just a bath. It's getting yourself to the workout, getting yourself to the meditation, sitting still in meditation, making yourself go for a walk when you're depressed, listening to something inspirational instead of the news or something that's giving you anxiety. So I think, I think it's twofold. I think it's also that there's a misconception and it can be hard. And just because something's hard doesn't mean you're not going to gain immense value from it. And once you're in it, it's not so hard. It's almost just like the showing up part is probably the hardest I would say. Uh Uh Now I know a lot of, some people can a lot some people believe that self-care is selfish what is your thought on on like that people believe that that self-care is selfish what's wrong with being selfish would be my answer like we're all here and we're all our own priorities you should keep yourself as your own priority because no one you're not going to be ever anyone else's priority everyone has to look out for themselves and also it's not selfish if we're really getting to the nitty gritty because it's actually selfless. I'm, I wish certain people around me throughout my lifetime would take care of themselves more in turn, it would have really eased my own anxieties. So I think it's actually pretty selfless. I mean, how many people have had a sick member of their family who just only still wants to eat that cheeseburger and you're like, you're actually hurting me in return. So I'm not even, I don't just talk about nutrition or anything like that, but that's just an example. Like it's actually, it's helping you, but it's also helping everyone who you are affecting. Now, was there a point in your life that made you realize that you needed to practice more self-care in your life? Yes. I would say in the pandemic is when I really hunkered down and decided to focus on more mindfulness Before that, like when I was in a crazy toxic PR music job, I, I don't even think I had the time to think about self-care. I was just working out to work out because Mm -hmm. if I didn't work out, I felt like my entire day was consumed by work. And I hated that. I hated the feeling. I hated coming home at the end of the day, feeling gross. And like, all I had to do was cook and then go to bed. So the reason I would work out at the time was just to like have something else in my day in the morning to make me feel better. And then in the pandemic, I realized, oh shit, I am so incredibly anxious and going through my own traumas and my own stressors. And yet I'm also trying to be a really good friend and like help other people. And I literally can't. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what made me realize, oh, I actually have the time right now to experiment 
And the driving force for me that held me accountable was YouTube. I was trying out breath work for a YouTube video. I was trying out different workouts for a YouTube video. And through the process of trying them for my larger goal of being on YouTube, I just think I realized the immense value that it brought to my life in such a stressful time. Now, what are five tips that you have for somebody who wants to practice more self-care into their lives? One, try everything. Don't rule anything out. Try everything at least once. Two, even if you've tried something, try it in a different way. So maybe you're like, I hate meditating. I don't want to sit still. Try breath work. Maybe you, I mentioned these examples before, different therapies, Mm -hmm. different journaling techniques. Maybe it's talking into a microphone instead of writing, whatever it is try things more than once in a different way. Mm -hmm. Three, follow people who inspire you and follow people who don't because we are on our phones most of the time, whether you like it or not, that is the reality and it affects you more than you know what you're consuming. Number four, try it with a partner, a loved one, a friend, significant other it's a great way to hold each other accountable you try something out together you talk about experience maybe one of you hated this part one of you loved that part and just like make it fun and then tip number five do it for you don't do it for anyone else don't do it because someone wants you to lose five pounds don't do it because there's a vacation coming up don't do it because your mom told you to start meditating because you're an anxious nut, like do it for you and listen to what is intuitively guiding you. What are you guided to? What of all the examples I've said throughout this episode really stuck out to you? Don't think twice, just try that. I heard you mention earlier that you like to journal and do the five minute journal. Why do you like journaling? So um, I actually don't love, I love like long journaling in terms of like just letting your thoughts flow and coming to conclusions and whatnot but it always hurts my hand like that's Uh just the truth I feel like I always get in a flow and I'm like I have so much more to say but like my hand hurts so Uh (laughs) my but the reason I love the five minute journal is similar to kundalini I'm someone who wants to do it all like I love self-care I love mindfulness I want to be able to do it all to be my best self right so all of so five minute journal and kundalini are two things to me that just are efficient you get a lot of it done in one and I feel like it's really effective so for the five minute journal every morning I write three things I'm grateful for so that's already starting my day with gratitude and that's one self-care practice in itself then I do write three things that I would like to get done today that's just still a productivity thing And then you finish the sentence, I am. So that's practicing positive affirmations. Then at the end of the day, it's three amazing things that happened today. And to me, that's just practicing being present and reflecting and thinking, maybe I had the worst day ever, but I can pick out three things. Even if it's just like, I got up today, even when I was talking to myself about staying in bed all day, or I made the best coffee or whatever. I had quality time with Ethan, like whatever it is. It can be so small, but I think that reflection is so impactful and I'm able to see the good in all of the little things. And then the last thing is 
what could have made today even better? And I heard someone else say they wanted to end their night on a more positive note. So they changed it to what I'm excited for tomorrow. So I do both. And I think it's just like adding some excitement to your life for the second thing. And then also for what could have made today even better. I just noticed consistencies. So if for two weeks I've been writing meditation or stretch or something, those are two that come up often or like not paid for food. I think just like noticing those consistencies, it just helps me with self-improvement. So I love that thing because I feel like for two minutes in the morning and night, not even, I get so much mindfulness in there. It's amazing. Have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome? Yeah, all the time, every day. (laughs) Imposter syndrome is just self-doubt and I don't think any human can say that they haven't doubted themselves. How do you, what do you do to combat those feelings of like being an imposter in your own body? So I'm big on like manifestation and and attracting like positive thoughts will attract positive things in my life. So, and as even just a confidence exercise, I like to think about the fact that me a year ago, me however long ago would have wanted so many things that I have so badly. It's not even just career. Like, because even when I'm feeling insecure in my career, I still, I think back at what I wanted five months ago or what I would have been manifesting. And it was like not being in nine to five, living with Ethan and being happy, like all of these things. And I just thinking back on like how far I've come in that amount of time, I think it's so easy to lose sight of the goals you've already accomplished because you're just constantly thinking about the next thing and the next thing. And you're comparing yourself to people who have been doing it for 11 years when you've been doing it for five months. So to just look back at and acknowledge and be proud of yourself for all the smaller wins or the big wins that you're overlooking, because realistically, you're not going to be like the next, I don't know, like, like someone who's 11 years into their career when you're not even a year in. And it's really hard because that's all you're thinking about every day. It's all you're manifesting. It's all you want to be. And to be that person, you have to act like that person. So it's easy to feel like an imposter because you're like, but I'm not that person, but I know that acting like I am is going to attract that. And it's really important not to overlook the small wins that you have or the big wins that you have. It's so easy to just be thinking about what we don't have. And I think that can be really toxic. So I just like to acknowledge that, give myself grace, acknowledge that that's what's happening. Think about all my wins and remember that I am comparing myself to people who at this time were in the same place as me. So Yeah. I honestly, a huge thing that's helped me is the book Emotional Entrepreneur by Scout Sobel. I highly recommend it's like 20 something lessons. Each chapter is a new lesson. And Mm -hmm. one of them was something I read the other night about how like we miss so many wins because we're just constantly thinking about the next, the next thing that we want. And then like not celebrating everything that happens along the way. Oh, that. That sounds like a really good book. I'll have to get that because that sounds yeah. really good. Wow. Yeah, I definitely, if anyone's like trying to start their own business or own social media platform or whatever, it is such a good mm-hmm. book because it acknowledges all the mental health challenges that come with it. And it allows you to like, just know that someone else is going through it too and enough to write a book about it because clearly everyone else experiences all of this. And if you want to enjoy life and feel fulfilled and be happy, 
you're going to have to stop always looking for the next thing and just call yourself out on it when you are. Right. Exactly. And that delves into a lot about self-confidence and Mm -hmm. how you portray yourself as a person, like, and how you show up for for not only for others, but for yourself as well. And now I have a question for you. How do you improve on your self-confidence and how do you like keep up your self-confidence? By doing things that make me uncomfortable that I want to back out of, (laughs) like, (laughs) posting my first YouTube video, like going to a coffee with someone who is really intimidating, like all of these things, I pretend I'm confident until I am. So I think this whole journey started with me just being like, you know what, it's cool to be different. Who cares? People are going to make fun of me. And then I'm that girl who's like doing something out of the box and not just not doing something because I'm scared people are going to make fun of me. And that's really fucking cool. And not going to lie, getting the reassurance from family and Ethan and friends like definitely helped in that, but it, it allows you to build your self-confidence when you realize that you can do something and put yourself out there and it works out or it's maybe you didn't get the job you went for an interview on, but like you didn't pass out and that's pretty fucking cool. So I think it's just putting yourself in situations that might be nerve wracking and like testing yourself. And then you get to look back and be like, I did that. And it just, it breeds confidence. All right. Wow. That's, that's inspiring me. That's inspiring. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Now I know now that, now that I know what you do with all the things that you do with your podcast, your YouTube, your, your, your freelance work, how do you deal with procrastination? Google calendar, (laughs) like truly Google calendar and just being able to like move things to like, I feel like when I was doing written stuff, I would just like not get things done and then I'd cross them out and then it would just Uh like be a whole mess and I'd procrastinate being really organized digitally where I can like, oh, I don't have the energy or the capacity to do something today. Let me move this to somewhere in my digital calendar where it makes sense, where I know I'll have the energy because I don't have the morning shift or whatever it is. And I just Mm -hmm. set myself up for success in that way by being able to figure out when is the best time to do certain things instead of forcing myself to do things last minute or whatnot. It's just like setting myself up for success by planning ahead and things happen. But I don't know. I think if you're passionate enough about something, you'll get it done and also setting deadlines. So like in my freelance work, I have to say to someone, I will get you this video edited by end of day tomorrow Uh or whenever I know it's feasible for me. Cause if I don't say that, I will just keep pushing it off until they ask me where it is. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll get it to you soon. And then I like quickly edit it. So for me, it's like setting that deadline. Not only does it make the client feel comfortable, but like, it just, it holds me accountable. What does going after your dream life mean to you? Going after your dream life means putting yourself first, which is what I'm all about. I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, don't care about other people, (laughs) but going after your dream life means living life on your own terms, not by what society, not by what your parents, not by what anyone tells you to do. You're going after what you know you're meant for and what's going to make you happy and fulfilled and know that like, when you look back on your life, you can say once again, like I did that or I tried that. And that's, that's definitely what that means to me. 
That's amazing. Now, Jen, where can my listeners find you? You can find me at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's on Instagram. And then anywhere you listen to podcasts is Dare to Self-Care. My YouTube is Jen Lauren. I just launched my website, jenlaurenmedia.com. And all of my links will be there as well as in my Instagram bio. So I think that's everything. That's amazing. Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast today. Thank you for having me. Well, that is it for today's episode, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode with Jen. I had an amazing time recording with her and talking with her today about redefining what self-care is. And be sure to follow her on all of her social media channels. I've linked her podcast, Instagram, her personal Instagram, her TikTok, and her YouTube down below in the show notes for you guys to follow. And be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast because it helps me grow and helps other people find out about the podcast. And please tag me in your Instagram stories when you guys listen. But yeah, I will see you guys next week. Bye, guys.